Hey everyone, welcome back to Clark Overflow. My name is Gen Furukawa, and today we have Sarah Williams, who is a brand educator and spokesperson for T3, among other things. And we were kind of chatting on it, so I hit record, but maybe you could start from scratch on how you ended up in this role, what it is, and what you do. Yes, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm just excited to be here and talk about all this with you. But uh, yeah, I have kind of a, a unique, I guess, um, background when it comes to someone more in this like corporate live streaming position. So I initially moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career as an actor and just always wanted to be a performer. And kind of along that journey discovered hosting was something that I really love doing. And I've dabbled in many arenas of hosting from, you know, sideline reporting for MLB sponsored events and red carpet coverage and just long form interviews, just any kind of hosting you, you can think of. I've probably done it. And I ended up finding a passion in this niche type of hosting, which is called, quote, you know, hosting for home shopping. And I've auditioned for QVC and Home Shopping Network multiple times, made it to the producer sessions all three times. And that kind of became my, my goal was long-term, I want to go be a host for home shopping or for QVC. And, you know, just in the industry and the way that it works with auditioning for both acting and hosting, it's very gig-based. So, you know, it's feast or famine. So I kind of have always had a, a quote, day job you know, during, during this journey. And for the last four years, my day job has been at T3 Hair Tools in the uh, sales department. And, you know, they were all very aware of my performing and hosting and acting and all of that. And we're very flexible, which was awesome. And then when 2020 hit and the pandemic started taking its toll on the retail side and all focus that was in store transitioned to the digital space, we started participating in these like master classes with our retail partners. And at first we were, you know, hiring stylists, celebrity stylists, influencers, spending a ton of money. There weren't always a ton of viewers and it just didn't seem like something that we could keep doing. Uh, and I was like, well, hey guys, I would love to, you know, to be the quote talent in that. I'll, I'll go in and I'll host it. Um, so then it became, you know, affordable. <laughs> yeah. And then as we, you know, kept exploring this live shopping uh, experience more, I ran into Amazon Live and did a really deep dive, ended up just applying to be an influencer on my own, did a couple like test live streams, presented it to my team at T3 and they got really excited about it. And then I was transitioned into this role as the uh, teacher educator, educator and spokesperson. And um, we started streaming on Amazon once a week, then added another show and found new platforms. And I actually did my first shoppable live stream on Amazon February 12th last year. So we're almost exactly at a year. Oh. And I've streamed over a hundred times. I was I was kind of counting it out before this interview. So it's been it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun and it's moved really quickly. Yeah. And I, I did watch one of them. So just to set a context from a consumer perspective, yeah. I think it was like maybe an hour and 40 minutes. You're hosting, it's it's part educational, part kind of like conversational, you have different people that come on, maybe how they're using the product. And it's, it's almost like you're a fly on the wall in somebody's living room or you're, you're yeah, you're an educator, you're a spokesperson, but there's a, a very genuine connection. And it's not like, hey, this, you know, sometimes in my mind, QVC might have a stigma of like sell, 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 but wait, there's yes. more. But this yeah. is not like that at all. This is not like that. So this is like new, this is digital, this is hip. And I think, you know, there's a couple of pillars that really make up this virtual live stream shopping and make it what it is and make it unique out there compared to other types of 
home shopping or digital shopping spaces that are video based. One is that, yeah, it you can make sales, but that's not necessarily your top goal. Really what you're there to do is tell your brand story, create a sense of community in a very authentic way and offer product education. So, you know, a lot of times what people love about these live streams is, wow, that was actually a real before and after and you didn't edit it. So I know that you achieved that with that tool. And then, you know, you get a lot of questions in the chat, which you're responding to live and off the cuff. Well, what's the difference between this tool and this tool or this product and this product? And, and I can address that, you know, in real time. So it ends up being a much more considered purchase for these consumers. And in fact, there's 50% less returns from sales made from shoppable live streams. But yeah, to your point, it's very authentic. It's very organic. It's very conversational. I've even said before, you know, I don't really care if you buy anything. I'm just here to, to talk about hair because that's what we're talking about today. So follow along in this style with me if you'd like to. So it's, it's a much softer approach, definitely. Yeah. And I did look up some stats on live streaming because like I was saying, I think China, which is kind of at the forefront of e-commerce, they do a lot of live streaming. There's this one guy who's famous for his live streaming makeup. He, he, okay. So he's basically yep. like driving billions of dollars. And then China has Singles Day, which is kind of like the equivalent of maybe Amazon Prime Day or Black Friday yep. huge day. But in, in general, some of these stats I thought were interesting that might give a picture on where live streaming is now and where it's going yeah. 96% of people say they've watched an explainer video to learn more about a product. So yeah, the video is really important, but then 79% say a brand's video has convinced them to buy. And then, so th this is from a, a site, techjury.net. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so currently it's, I think it's uh, like $80 billion projected for 2021 from live streaming and then 247 billion by 2027. So that's a 3X increase in projected revenue from live streaming. I, I don't want to misspeak and, and say I bet something it wrong. is. Because one of the uh, stats I have is that US live stream commerce totaled 11 billion last year and is projected to reach 17 billion this year. Oh, so I bet okay. that hundreds of billions number is China. Or, or it could be global. Oh, uh, that's true. Yep. But yeah, I mean, point still stands. It's, it's yes. large, but I, I actually, frankly, don't think a lot of brands necessarily take advantage of it, maybe for the same reason that you got into it, that there's not the, the talent because you certainly need to have a certain persona to operate and execute well. And then maybe people just don't know about it, which is why I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, I think, no, to your point, it's definitely going to be the future in China. It is the norm. It's how items are sold. And what's really interesting there is that influencers are really running the live stream market and an influencer in China acts almost like a retailer. They purchase good from brands and then sell direct to consumers. And I, you know, the U S runs on a, a very different model. I don't think we'll end up using influencers and live streams in that same way. I really think what the future is going to be in the U S is you go to a, a com site and they're, they're live streaming about what they're selling. And that just becomes part of the com shopping experience. But yeah, as it stands today, so one of the statistics I have is that approximately 35% of Americans have heard of and understand what a shoppable live stream is, which means there's a lot of people that don't. There's a huge runway for growth, but we know it's coming. So I think when brands first hear about it, you know, it's like any new thing. It's, it's a little intimidating. It's kind of like, how does it work? Why should we be doing it? What's the value? You know, and that's, of course better brand education, product education, connecting with your consumers, and of course, making sales. But yeah, it, it also can be intimidating to be live. Like, I think that 
It makes a lot of people very nervous and the technology can be intimidating. The truth of the matter is you can go live with a cell phone light. You can sit in front of your window. You don't even need a ring light <laughs> um, and you can just do it and you can practice it and you can get good at it. And then, you know, start, start to build your program and, and you can have a founder from your company do it. You can have someone in the sales department, you know, anyone that knows the product that's going to be comfortable in that space. But yeah, it, it is, it is intimidating. I, I get that, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So at the beginning you said, you didn't have many views, but you, you kind of soldiered on, you, you worked on the craft, you got better. What did those numbers look like and how do you actually kind of work through that? Yeah. So with, with the views, I mean, just like anything, and maybe with your show, you experienced this, like the first show you did or the second show you did, it's like, yeah, you know, my parents and my family are watching it. Um, same kind of idea here. And that's really just because as a brand, we weren't driving traffic yet. We were just kind of experimenting with the platform, seeing what, what was working, you know, what approach we wanted to take creatively. So yeah, at first it was, it was a pretty small audience and we started streaming on Amazon and Amazon live is interesting because it's self-service, but then because it's self-service, there's not a whole lot of supports. So you kind of have to build out your community there. There's now a lot of solutions for live streaming on your own e-commerce site, which is really exciting because then you can drive your own traffic and, you know, have this more organic approach. But, you know, when you're on another platform, you kind of have to take that into consideration and, and just kind of take time to build. Now we're, we're seeing some really, really nice sales and we have a really fun community. And, you know, sometimes you get the trolls or the, you know, the negative Nancys that come into your chats. And what's been really exciting is to hear, you know, our regular viewers and, and consumers be like, oh, well, I didn't have that experience. And, oh, did you try this thing Sarah said? You know, maybe your curl will hold better if you do this. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, a viewer become a brand advocate in a way. Sure. Yeah. And a uh, defense mechanism, I suppose. Yes. Uh, so what, what about those tools? I'd love to kind of get into the tactics now of what the tools are that you use and kind of more specifically for Shopify or not on. And then like what the preparation and the strategies look like in order to kind of like have the best outcome possible. Okay. So you may kind of approach this uh, from a technology standpoint and then maybe from like a creative standpoint. So technology or, or technologically speaking, you would need software, you know, that allows you to do a, a shoppable live stream on your own site. Um, so there's a lot of companies out there that are, that are great. One of my personal favorites is Firework. They just have some really neat functionalities. They, they work really well with small businesses. They also work with huge businesses. Um, so if you're looking for kind of the white label experience on your site, that would be my recommendation. But there's a lot of other ones. You, know, you can kind of research and, and shop around. If you're not ready to quite make that investment yet, and you really just want to kind of dip your toes in the water, I would suggest starting on a social platform. So if you run on Shopify, you can integrate into Instagram directly. So you can go live and have your little product carousel there and make your sales. Facebook, I believe, works the same way. YouTube is coming out with a functionality, but I think that's more geared for influencers rather than companies and brands. I know Pinterest is going to be launching shoppable live streaming. So it's kind of coming everywhere. So I would say when you're selecting that initial platform, go where you already have an audience and you already have eyeballs. And then once you're there, you can start dabbling in additional technologies. There's a free, it's like just a website called Restream. So you can just restream your one stream that you're doing to multiple platforms. Um, so you can get a little more sophisticated there. So then coming back from like the actual hardware that you're using, like I said, you can go live with a cell phone and a ring light. Pro tip, if you have a ring light, 
face it upward so it bounces off the ceiling and illuminates the whole room. And that way, if you have beautiful, shiny packaging, you'll still be able to see it. You won't get a glare from that mm. direct light. So pro tip on that. Um, so it, it, it really is as simple as as that. And then you can go really complicated. So I'm actually in the process of setting up my streaming studio to have a multi-cam approach. So we have multiple DSLRs that are, you know, high, high-end cameras or, you know, be plugged into a motherboard and then they'll run through a broadcasting software. And then we'll have little lav mics for me and my guests and my tech producer. So we're, you know, we're going big, but we have a year of experience. So, you know, we were kind of ready to, to take that on. What we were doing really for most of the year was just I was on my laptop here, like I am right now with one DSLR, one external mic, and then my tech person, she was remote and she was running my feed through Skype on OBS. Mm. And OBS is an open source broadcasting software. So there's a lot of resources online on how to use it. I very much was self-taught on it and I'm not, I'm surprisingly not the most tech savvy person. So <laughs> some frustrating late nights figuring it out, but you know, you, you can go as big as you want and keep it in house or, you know, again, the cell phone totally works as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, like most things, the, the tools and the technology can enable you, but they shouldn't necessarily be a hindrance. Like there is no excuse necessarily. And, and I might have procrastinated starting a podcast because I don't have the right equipment, but just a, a mic and a computer works. Uh, it works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> now, what about the the planning of it? Like, you know, if, if you're writing, you can have your outline, your structure, take as much time. Live, you got to think fast, but it's kind of nice to, I assume, have an outline to fall back on. Um, but I'd love yeah. to hear your process of how you're planning this if you're doing, I assume, two a week if you've done 100 in the past year. Yeah, we're doing two a week and then repeating some of them on, on different outlets and, and different channels and then sometimes changing it up too. But yeah, overall, for the programming, trying to match whatever the brand and the marketing messaging is. So, you know, if we have a big launch, that's what we're going to talk about live. If we're, you know, running a sale, that's what we're going to talk about live. If, you know, there's some campaign, then we'll, we'll touch on that on the lives as well. So that's kind of the overall, you know, leading finger of where we're going. And then when you kind of get into planning each individual stream, you know, what I've learned for hair and hair tools is, well, people want to see hair. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, do your hair. And I think any brand, especially that, or product that you can demo live is going to lend itself really nicely to live streaming. See a lot of cooking based live streams. I've seen, you know, tech streams where people are like setting up a gaming console or something like that, or their gaming setup. I've seen people paint. I've seen people do nail art. Like, you know, it's, it's really engaging to watch someone do a start to finish. So that's something you can incorporate with your company and with your products. I think that's a great place to start. And then I like to, you know, as you said, have a rough outline. I like to know what products I'm going to be speaking to and featuring. I'll even print out the product features on a little cheat sheet and have that next to me, just in case I forget the verbiage or just want a refresher or, hey, there's a pause. What should I fill the time with? Oh, right. Let's talk about that technology. And then, you know, if there's a guest involved, you know, prepping with them, making sure they understand the technology piece. Hey, we're going to call you on Skype. This is how it's going to work. This is when you'll be live, you know, and, and with the broadcasting software, there's an element of coordination there as well. But Murphy's Law is real and you kind of have to expect the unexpected. The nice thing about live streaming is I don't think there is an expected 
length that you should be streaming for. So I just kind of go till I'm done, which tends to be like the 90 minute mark. I know a lot of other streamers will do like 45 minutes and that works for them. But yeah, I think, you know, planning as much as you can is great. And then knowing you're going to go off the cuff, you can't write a 90 minute script for yourself. So bullet points are super helpful and just kind of knowing the path you're going to be taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of, in, in my mind, I'm thinking of like jazz in terms of improvisation. You have like the structure of it and then you kind of like veer and do, do some solos improv off of that. And for you, I imagine that the structure is ultimately the brand story and the product story. Um, yep. So I'd love to learn how you think about telling the narrative and how you make it compelling and how you actually connect with people. When, for example, a T3 hair product might be a young millennial all the way through maybe like an older boomer who have very disparate needs. And, and so you're speaking to different audiences, but you need to connect with them at the same time, which is a, a very hard. Uh, yes. But yeah, if you could talk about how you talk about the brand, how you talk about the product, how you make it engaging throughout, love to hear. Yeah. So I feel like that's one of those things that's like a skill that maybe I, I it's hard to like, it's <laughs> a great question. I think that the way you can do it is looking at the problem that the tool or the brand addresses and dealing with that in a very genuine and honest way, you know, so using hair tools as an example, since that's, you know, what I, <laughs> what I'm specializing in right now, you know, I think people use hair tools for a range of reasons. Some people are really into beauty and want to do like artistic things with their hair and try new things and are very experimental and will invest in a really nice hair tool because of that. Other people just have their go-to look and, you know, but they still spend a lot of money because they're going to the salon and using expensive products. And maybe have the person that just like doesn't really care, but feels like they have to, so they can look professional or polished. So yeah, how do you speak to all of those people? And I think it's just genuinely making it personal for each of them. And, you know, here's, here's how this tool can help you. I tend to lean a lot on the, uh, the technology because T3 is a luxury hair tools brand and our tools are really like well thought out, well designed. And so it's like, here's how this can make your life just a little bit easier, right? You're, you're going to be able to do your hair quicker because there's that smart microchip in, in the tool. Um, you're going to be able to go over your hair just in one single pass. So it's less heat exposure. So your hair is going to be healthier. So I, I, yeah, that's a great question. And I'm not even answering it all that well right now. Well, I, I think it, what you're, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> the, what, what I heard is that you were thinking of a benefit that it makes things easier or save time, look glamorous, and then kind of tie that to the feature with a microchip or with a kind of an extra strong curling iron or something. And, and so basically yeah. it, it's like, there's some level of empathy because you can be a potential customer. You understand the product and maybe your own problems, assume that that extends to the, to the listenership. And then, yeah, bridge the gap between where you are, the aspirational end of where you want to go, and then how the product can bridge that gap. Uh, I mean, that's how it, I interpret your answer. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You take the technology and you take the features and you take the, the what it is and make it a benefit and how it actually can impact that person in a, in a meaningful way, whatever that is for that person. I think having the chat functionality also facilitates that because you know, people will ask very specific questions about either the technology or the technique, and then you can really address it and deep dive it there. And then it, it also feels very authentic because this is now, you know, a conversation and not just a sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of, I think it's like Theodore Levitt, old famous marketing professor at Harvard. He says, 
people buy the hole, not the drill. So who cares about the features of the drill or necessarily the features of the, the hair straightener, but they want the glamorous look. They want the, the ability to drill something. So. Yeah, exactly. For instance, I could say a fancy marketing term like digital ion air technology. You don't know what that means. No yeah. one knows what that means. But when I say it'll dry your hair quicker and your hair is going to be really soft and healthy, you're like, oh, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now, if we talk about the the performance and kind of like the ROI or the attribution to know, okay, like how many sales did this drive incrementally? Can we talk about that? And, and you know, to the extent you're, pos- you're okay sharing numbers, we'd love to hear that, but how you're, how you're kind of like quantifying this in an ROI basis, because ultimately that's what a lot of marketers do to evaluate one channel versus another when they're spending their resources, whether it's time or money. Yeah. I don't know that I should share like specific numbers yeah, 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 and yeah. data, but um, I think with live streaming and especially because it's so new and it's, it's kind of experimental at the moment. I think this year we're really going to see a lot more brands engaging with this activity. So people will just be more aware of it. And and I think the ROIs will shift, but sales is certainly a part of it. But I think a very large part that we look at is engagement. So how, what, you know, what was the average unmute rate? How long did someone stay in the stream? How many, you know, viewers did we have? There's also an element too, and I think it can be dependent on the type of product you know, if it's, if it's a cheaper product or, or a replenishable product, people are more willing to just purchase it, you know, on a whim. Sure. I'll buy that lip gloss or that t-shirt or those socks with, with something more like a, a hair tool that sells like an appliance. It's a much more considered purchase. So I, you know, just because I went live once, I don't expect to see a ton of sales from that, but hopefully I touch somebody in a way that they're now interested in going to purchase later on. I will say that like on Amazon and on other platforms that we stream on that are not owned by T3, but rather, you know, like a destination for live streaming, you have a little less control there and you don't necessarily have the ability to drive traffic. So I think if you're going to dabble in one of those spaces, you really have to like commit to streaming regularly and build up your audience. You know, if you're just going to stream once here or there, people aren't going to know you're there that, you know, you're just not going to find that success. So I do think in that regard, it's helpful to stream regularly to see that return, to see those regular viewers, to see people engaging. If you're going to go on one of your own channels like um, Instagram, you know, or your own website, then I think you can look at your art a little, a little differently. You can also, you know, creatively craft your stream based on what your goals are. So if it's a launch, right, maybe you just want those eyeballs and you just want to generate excitement. Let's say it's a flash sale because you finally got that shipment that was stuck at the port of Long Beach and it's all your holiday goods. Mm. You just want to dump them. Great. Now it's a sales heavy, steep discount. We're just pushing the sale the whole time. We're going to stream all day so people can come in and see and, and purchase from us. So I think it depends on what your goals are a little bit. Yeah. Who do you think is doing this well? Like who do you look at kind of for inspiration for live streaming, killing it? And, and if we can think of like, you know, in, in maybe the U.S. brands that people might be familiar with. Yeah, you know, Guess seems to have invested in this space. I was in a part of a retail telethon in October, kind of trying to do like a singles day thing, but in October it was 10-10. (laughs) And, you know, Guess was there. I see them very involved. I see them doing a lot of live streams and that's, that's really compelling. I know some of the more traditional department stores are starting to kind of get into the game. Hudson's Bay up in Canada is dabbling in it. I think Nordstrom's is like building their own platform um, to do shoppable live streaming. Let's see, what are some other brands? American Girl Doll just did a big 
like huge blowout. Albertsons is getting in the game <laughs> with like cooking shows. So it's still, it's still new. Obviously the bigger brands have the ability to do, you know, to scale it very differently. So, you know, perhaps they will, will set the tone, but you know, there's certainly opportunity for smaller brands, firework, a white label live stream software platform that you can integrate into your own site. I know they just got funding from American Express to bring shoppable live streaming to small businesses. So it'll be really interesting to see like what that initiative looks like. But yeah, guess would probably be one of my one of my tops just because of the way they're doing it and experimenting. Petco did a fashion show. So oh, <laughs> like okay. a pet fashion show. So it, the great news is there's no wrong way to live stream right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think if like a, a pet fashion show, the brands that nail it have are, are at the intersection of education and entertainment. Yes. And a fashion show is that. And, and of yes. course, you're, you're like showcasing the the clothes or, or whatever. But yeah, you want to you want to keep it entertaining. And who else doesn't love to see dogs in Argyle or whatever? I'm all about the puppy bowl, you know. Puppy bowl, sure, yeah. <laughs> so now, if we talk to brands, like it is early, we'll probably start mm-hmm. seeing more. What are your recommendations for brands that are? looking to test this out, maybe ready to make a commitment of of doing it regularly. What should they think about? What should they get talent-wise, equipment-wise, and and how to get started? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends whether your approach is like all in or the crawl, walk, run sort of approach. If you're crawl, walk, running, you know, start on maybe the social channels because it's free there. You know, you don't have to pay to integrate the software into your own site. You can just kind of test it out. You can test out different types of shows and see what's resonating with your consumers and your viewers. And then I would consider, you know, streaming regularly. And I think once a week is really, when you're not streaming regularly, I think it's the type of thing where people want to engage with you in that way, but if they don't know where to find you, they just, you know, might kind of give up, not, not really care, you know? So if you're there at the same time every week, it makes it easier. So I think that's really important. And then, you know, once you're ready to integrate into your own site, which I think is, you know, the big, the big next step, then, you know, perhaps investing in, in some talent and some equipment up to that point, I think you can stream with, you know, in-house talent, like I said, founders or sales associates, really anyone who feels comfortable in front of a camera in a live setting and can talk about your products. Yeah. And then once you're ready to kind of, kind of make that investment, I would, I would up your camera game a little bit and maybe do one of those DSLRs or HD cameras. And they're, you know, it's pretty straightforward to use. I would think about getting someone who knows how to run OBS, the broadcasting software Mm. or something like, so really, yeah, getting, getting the people in-house either teaching them and educating them or, you know, finding someone that, that can kind of bring that, that talent for you in-house. Yeah. And, and to reiterate your point earlier, if you just get started, you kind of learn on the fly and you can learn a ton in a year doing it a hundred times over. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can yeah, even yeah, learn yeah. In, in two or three months doing it once a week. <laughs> sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is so cool. That's funny. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your insights and stories, strategies for how brands can get started. What's the best place to see what you're doing online with T3 and your other brands? Yeah, if you want to check out my website, I have links to all of my live streams and, and previous work there. So that's www.sarahwilliams.tv. Sarah with an H and .tv as in television. Cool. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And that's the episode for today. 
Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We love you for it. If you found anything valuable at all or want to share your feedback, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also just drop us a line, hello at cartoverflow.com. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions so we can cover it in a future episode. All right, see you next time.